Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life, conversations about life's ups and downs, big and small, how we deal with every situation imaginable, whatever life throws at us, but still manage to be sensible, practical, and joyful. Now, now that I've said all those sensible and practical things, I'm now <laughs> going to introduce a topic that's about as non-sensible. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian and related sci-fi. Now, what are a bunch of good Catholic lads doing talking about science fiction as if it matters when we've claimed that we are sensible, practical and joyful. To have this discussion, I'm joined by our resident geek and specialist in these areas, Ryan Galliott. Welcome, Hello. Ryan. Thanks, and Peter. fast becoming our backup geek and <laughs> and in all other things, Ben. Welcome, Ben. I think that's that's my new job description. I'm going to put that geek. on my business cards. <laughs> this geek. Catholic Life Australia backup geek. Uh, <laughs> on call whenever you need him. I'm sorry, I didn't bring my Batman shirt. Whenever I watch those credits, they always have First Boy as one of the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first geek. <laughs> Alright, so what is The Mandalorian? We better say, for those people who've never heard of this thing, The Mandalorian Mandalorian is a the way. The, it is the way. <laughs> it is the way. Um, the Mandalorian is a show that has been um, s- streaming on Disney Plus, and it is uh, part of the Star Wars universe. It's a, the Mandalorians are a uh, a creed or perhaps even a race. It depends on which source you read. Which source? Yeah. Um, legends or legends um, of. I think for people who don't know, the fact that we're talking about that, which sources you read about (laughs) is science fiction. (laughs) It's interesting that I first came across the word canon, as in the canon of this, in science fiction before I actually learned to study scripture and realized it actually applies more seriously to (laughs) the the Western canon. I might be the same. Actually, I'm definitely school, the yeah. same. Yep, I had no idea. I was learning about the canon. Yeah, well the canon is the official, <laughs> the officially <laughs> recognised literature of this particular thing. Now, Star mm. Wars is a universe that um, George Lucas more or less created when he introduced Star Wars: A New Hope to the world as movie number four, mm-hmm. and therefore making the entire thing. Yes, confusing. as well as as well as creating it, he's also done his best over the years to destroy it. To destroy yeah. it, which is <laughs> an interesting well, di- see, dichotomy. He, yeah. See, this is it. People have roles. We need a we need a first uh, writer and a, and a producer. So when when the first movie was produced by somebody else and he was the creator, that worked fine. And when you had the the first three movies were good in themselves, mm. and then he I think had free hand in the prequels and they were disastrous. <laughs> yeah. Well, though, in comparison to the sequels. <laughs> oh, now it's now it's on. But see, to to the point about the the prequels though. Um, so I studied script writing. At university, that right. was one of my my major points. And we looked at Star Wars, and if you look at the original three, mm. there's very detailed like, everything. Like they fight for a purpose. There's Han does this, Luke does that for a purpose. Right. In the prequels, they fight. Right. That's it. <laughs> all this dialogue, and then they fight. They fight. Yeah. And that's it. And it was all sort of made up on the date. Mm. I think that was the the sort of. Yeah, I won't say sloppiness. I'll say flexibility in writing. Yeah, is what uh, what damaged it there, and I think it is because he had that added responsibility. Right. So well, I'll get the script out of the way, and then we'll work on all this. Well, I mean, the the sequels have their own problems. Let's not get into that too much because we're <laughs> going to try and focus on the Mandalorian. But the sequels probably um, raised a few hopes with the first movie. It wasn't perfect, but it had the right sort of ingredients to make into something decent. Yes, I agree with that. For yeah. some unknown reason they hired a totally different director and for all his particular skills and talents 
it didn't meld well with the direction the first director was going and then they went back to the original director and he spent most of that movie trying to fix <laughs> what the other guy had done. I can hear the crowds outside wanting to like delve into that. <laughs> <laughs> we will go there some other time. But basically what has happened, and this is, it seems interesting to me that so many people have delved into this culture so much that it really matters where the movie went. So in our last podcast, we briefly mentioned the fact that the first Matrix was cool and the other ones sort of went downhill from there. But um, that most people are indifferent to that. They just don't watch them. Whereas with mm. Star Wars, there's outrage There's because yeah. there's, people seem to be invested in it in, in a larger extent. Well, a lot of what's interesting with Star Wars in that situation is a lot of it was built up, a lot of the fan base was built up in between the movies right. with the uh, independent authors and creators coming along and uh, developing the universe. Yes. And it's something that uh, in the TV series since then, Clone Wars, Rebels, and now The Mandalorian, they've built on elements of what others have, have created. Now, let's be clear. Clone Wars and Rebels are cartoon series. Cartoon, animated series, yeah. And I, I have to add to this because it's uh, very much part of my repertoire is they... Um, the Old Republic, which is a computer game. There's been many computer games, lots of different computer games, which are set, you know, up to a thousand years before the Star Wars movies mm. uh, in a pre-existing universe. So it's quite a well-developed universe. That's right. That's and right. when we talked about canon, there are things that are officially part of the universe and there are things that are sort of the fan fiction side of things. But Mandalorians existed in the um, the Old Republic, which is a thousand years before the Star Wars and that the whole Jedi and Sith thing has captured our imagination. Yeah. Let's talk about why it captures our imagination before we get into the Mandalorian itself and why we think it has such a grip on us. I think there's a tie back there to the use of storytelling right, um, and mythology that, that go back to the ancient world, which is sure. very much speaks on and talks about the human condition. Um, and I think that we've lost that in, in a lot of contemporary things when we start to look at too much at, too closely at specifics. Right. You know, when everyone wants to be, it's going to be an unpopular opinion, but everyone wants to be represented, but yep. you then lose the capacity for the story to reach out to everyone. Right. Um, and I think having the notion of uh, people that allied very obviously with good yep. and very obviously with, with bad yep. um, is something there that speaks to uh, a, a, a bit of that cultural and, and I guess, the yeah. human condition in, in a broad I'd, sense. I was going to say the same thing. The fact that um, we have a lot of movies these days where the bad guy, they try to make relatable in some mm. way. That There's something right. about him that you can sort of go, I see why he's doing that. Like think Thanos in the Avengers. Well, okay, well, there is overcrowding. A lot of people are concerned about the environment and all that stuff. In Star Wars, it's just a bad guy. Like yeah. there's just this bad guy and his bad mate trying to take over the universe. <laughs> yes, right. um, and, and there's no there's no real gray area. This like, is the really just, interesting thing. It's like it's like a western in space. These are the bad guys, and you know they're bad because they wear the black hats, and mm -hmm. the, the good guys over here wear the white off. hats. And of course, they reverse that for Star Wars. Big big change. The good guys <laughs> the, bad, the good guys wear black, and the bad guys wear white. But the point is, that some people criticize it because it's too simplistic. But I think there is an appeal in the fact that good and evil fight off against each other. We've got that dragon-slaying thing. Lord of the Rings is a bit similar, though, mm. uh, or rather it's more similar in terms of the Lord of the Rings because that came first. But what I've noticed about it is the bad guys, the ones you can see are utterly corrupt. Like when you look at the Sith Lord, who, you know, the Emperor, he's just utterly corrupt in that first, move, first set of movies. 
But there are some people who are masquerading as good guys who are being corrupted mm. and gradually becoming evil. And then, but the good guys themselves, even the best best of guys, have to fight that corruption. And that's yeah. kind of like a parallel to Lord of the Rings. And you have, even the good guys have to fight that, but the bad guys are the ones who've given up, if you like, or gone all the way with the bad stuff. We kind of, we like the whole desperate stand against evil and that yeah. sort of thing. Well, it's think, so relatable to what we're doing. You know, like, <laughs> um, I think the Catholics listening to this will relate very much to the, well, we know where the good guys are and we're being pulled to the bad guys. Yeah, it's, I don't know, because you know, I come out of Star Wars and go, where's my lightsaber? That's because, it. Well, there's that too, but we're on a Catholic podcast. Even, so. even <laughs> if I could, even if I could um, identify, you know, the Sith Lord as, you know, I don't know, um, the head of a particular political party, let's say, um, <laughs> even if I could, even if I could simplistically <laughs> identify the Sith Lord as that, I, you know, it's not, it does not have the same grab. You know, I, I can't go and grab my sword and my lightsaber. Yeah. You know, quick to the bat. Well, I think there's you know? that, there's that throwback <laughs> to the sort of what Box was saying that before that um, the ancient, you know, just mighty warrior taking on with the added mixer. Ooh. It's, it's electric. This, it's yeah. electric. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a laser. You know, like it's it's exciting <laughs> and new. And oh, if if I could play devil's advocate to my own uh, message earlier, is that you then have shows like Daredevil, right, where the kingpin was a wholly relatable character. Yes, and that was just part an absolute of the, thug, by the way. Yeah, but, but there was part of the um, the charm of the show is that a lot of people felt that they could identify mm. with the character. And so there's still that sort of tension between this idealized, uh, I guess, general concept of the human experience versus this specific situation. Right. You know, and well, there's, there's a cry for simplicity, though, and I think oh, in definitely. the attraction to Star Wars mm -hmm. in that it is black and white or yeah. red and blue. For, well, I think Star yeah. Wars fits in a you very interesting part of sci-fi that takes on that fantasy as well that we see in things like uh, you know, high fantasy yep. in that they purposely say, uh, you know, a long, long time ago in a galaxy right. far, far away. And there are still notions of like space wizards. And, yep. You know, so it's, it's, it's sci-fi, but also calling back to spaghetti westerns and, right. and fantasy. Yep. yep. And that's it. Well, let's, let's dive down to the Mandalorian itself. One of the reasons um, I immediately latched onto it is that the characters themselves, the Mandalorian sort of order mm -hmm. or race or whatever they are, is feature highly in earlier literature, yeah. and in fact, we're kind of cool in the the game, the Old Republic, and then relative related games. Um, but I have to say, I was terribly disillusioned after the last movie, uh, the mm. ninth one, and I just <laughs> wanted something not to suck. <laughs> like I went into the movie, went into the Mandalorian, going. Please don't suck. Now, I mean, that's yeah. a fairly low bar. <laughs> yeah. that's. I think that's how we all head into every Star Wars these days. Anything new that comes out, we go in like, all right, we're here. Just don't be awful and I'll come back for the next one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and some, sometimes it works. Sometimes it really doesn't. Uh, I'll and admit, we go back anyway. I was on the same point. After the ninth movie, I said, you know what? I'm done with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So was, yeah. But to, to be honest, though, The Mandalorian, I don't think, departs from the good guy, bad guy thing. No. You've still got the Empire lurking around, being bad guys you've still got your average schmuck in you know in the bar trying to pick a fight and you've got other people trying to do the dirty but um the mandalorian himself is perhaps a reluctant hero but he's not 
I mean, it's very little time given to giving him any hard edge. I mean, yeah. he fights hard, but he's he's every single opportunity he takes up to be the hero. So he's almost he's literally a white knight. He's got, I mean, he's got not literally a white, but he's he's got his helmet and he's got his gear and he's very much the the icon of the you know the knight in shining armor kind of thing. Um, and there's the cool whiz bang and and flips and yeah. all that of Star Wars. See, I I think. I slightly disagree that I don't think he necessarily wants to be the good guy, takes every opportunity. You see him take every opportunity to earn something. Right. Mm. I think the interesting thing is that all the times, the opportunities he's given to leave um, baby Yoda behind and he starts walking away and then looks back and says, no, I can't. It's that sort of, I'm this lone ranger type. I'm just here to Mm. survive and make my money. But actually- but he was I a foundling himself. That's yeah. The, that's so the plot it's hook. it's the yeah. call. Yeah, it's the callback. It's the okay. Well, now I need to do the right thing, and yes. I think it does slightly go against his nature. Well, there's mm. something in that story though. The foundling who got taken in and is now made good, and who now sticks up for other foundlings. It's a, it's a kind of a universal thing. And when yeah. we hear it in real life, it's a. I don't know if you've heard of the story of the the guy who invented penicillin, but he was, you know, taken in by a rich man and made like his own son. And then the, the, he eventually f- discovers and invents penicillin, and that has that penicillin had a role in saving his own son's life. And there's a kind of a, a really cool story in that that the whole foundling ends up becoming coming good. Mm. I think we've seen that in plenty of movies. What do you think is different about the Mandalorian? Is it different, or is it just that they've done the old formula so well that we like it? I think that's one of the gifts of sci-fi, right? Um, between sci-fi and fantasy, sci-fi is something that we can identify with as being as close to our reality as possible. So it allows us an in right. to this fictional world while also being distant enough, distinct enough that we don't have to, you know, we can <laughs> deny any kind of, I'm not a fan of sci-fi. Um, but, I mean, I've seen people remake, uh, I've, I've sorry, I've seen books of people having remade Romeo and Juliet as a sci-fi space, you know, space right. novel. And I think that kind of, refreshing that that kind of reskinning of the story um i know many people that don't like shakespeare and, right. and his works but they'll read that book right you know and so i think there there is something about sci-fi because it gives us both that step in but also that ability to, to deny right See, i i think it's slightly different i think we we'll- we like that story, yes, but if you mm. just tell that story in a normal world, we all go, well, I'm not watching that. But you add giant space worms that blow <laughs> up and we all go, yeah, okay, I'll be here next week, oh, sure. You know? But I mean, I was differentiating between um, sci-fi and fantasy, I guess, in that. But, I, um, yeah. In terms of The Mandalorian, what I found interesting is that for the first time in the Star Wars story, we're seeing the story not from the Jedi or Sith perspective. Yeah. We're seeing it from outside. So that everything he's got cool gadgets, he's got good moves, he's a great fighter, he's got awesome armor, and yet it takes some time before anyone with a lightsaber shows up. And even then, they're on the and periphery. I, I really enjoy when shows do that, when you get so bogged in that yeah. main story. Yeah. And then they add this other element, and it's people who... Are experiencing that story yeah, right. happening, and you saw that um, the Avengers was a good example. They kept mm. going back, and you see, all right, well, these people are actually affected by what happened. Yeah, yep. um, and I, I think that part of the Mandalorian is what yep. really pulls you in. It's like you're sort of waiting for that those two worlds to collide. Yep. It's kind of like that that Rosengrantz and Guildenstern approach, where this is what these characters were doing during this. Uh, yeah. All right, I have to ask the question, Baby Yoda. 
Because <laughs> when I saw him come on screen the first time, I went, merchandise. <laughs> it was just, thought you're just going for the cute factor here. This has just sold you millions of dollars worth mm, of plush I th- toys. I thought we were in for Jar Jar 2.0. Except uh, I really did. When yeah, they when he came true. on, I'm like, this is gonna be awful. He'll make some funny noise, they'll sell a bunch of it, and then once everyone gets past ten, they'll start hating it. Watch when baby Yoda speaks, he's gonna sound like Judge. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll sound like Yoda, but with a younger voice. <laughs> a Yoda judge. But the don't yeah, if they do that, they're absolutely <laughs> insane because the number one turn off for that first movie was that <laughs> stupid character. The only thing yeah. more annoying was that stupid snowman in Frozen. But what's so funny about that? You bring up uh, oh. Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh. We'll, we'll, He's got we'll, an ice cream headache. We'll get, that, we'll get to that another time. <laughs> you bring up Baby Yoda and the and the thing for merchandise, but it's it's been well reported that because they wanted to to keep it secret so much that they failed on the merchandise. Oh, good. They they <laughs> they prevent they stopped any merchandise getting approved before a point that it'll be released too early. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, people that made sort of third-party merchandise really cashed in on it. Uh, third-party meaning illegal rip-offs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's yeah. a nice I mean, way of saying illegal rip-offs. Um, <laughs> 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 but look, I mean, does he actually add to the – is he a MacGuffin or is he adding to the plot? Um, uh, I thought that he started to. As certain, not just, I mean, the force stuff was inevitable. That was just about, about as predictable. And I think the big hairy rhinoceros that he lives at the start is taking it a bit far. It should have been done a little bit more subtly than that. But um, I, this is spoilers, but I actually was really tickled by the fact that when they're saving that poor frog men's <laughs> babies. He just kept eating them. <laughs> and I kept waiting for them to like make it okay that in, in somehow in his body he kept them all preserved. He just ate yeah. them. <laughs> like, what? And it's it really it almost made it just edgy enough yeah. that you go, whoa, no. You well, of course, a big... Uh, a lot of scandal online that really? people got. Oh, people were very people upset about it. People were really yeah. upset with yeah. Baby Yoda at that point. Um, yeah. Really? But see, I... I have a problem when uh, franchises like Star Wars um, go backwards and add things. Mm, right. Um, so, Like midichlorians. Well, among other things. Um, but <laughs> but now, so <laughs> how much are we, we giving away with the ending of Mandalorian? Baby Yoda exists but wasn't there in the sequels. Right. Um, but and he so, was. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Like now, we, now we need an explanation for that. And there's yeah, a, a Jedi right. that turns up in the Mandalorian, and there's a whole other order. Where were they when when the Empire was was yeah. <laughs> coming after everyone? They just, oh, we'll just stay over here. Their lights. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like the fact that they they split the idea of Mandalorian towards the end of the second series. They yeah. they. Oh, you mean there's different types of Mandalorian? Yeah. And there's the people who actually have this creed and they go off. It was very realistic. It's like the Franciscans. There's about 17 varieties of them and based on who argued with who. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite relatable to our own experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they wear the same robes, the brown. (laughs) It's funny. When I first saw a Franciscan, I thought he was, you know, cosplaying (laughs) (laughs) Obi-Wan. Uh, it's gold. Uh, that's, that's actually a true story. <laughs> How old were you at the time? I I was Catholic, so I was about thirty. <laughs> nice. But the, yeah. Anyway, so all this is great fun. But what is there to be learned 
Um, and why would Catholics bother with it? Is this just some sort of boys and toys thing or is it um, something that's worthwhile doing? What's the good side of being into sci-fi, particularly The Mandalorian? Give me a moment. <laughs> I, I think... How to, to justify yeah. my insane habit. <laughs> uh, to what I was saying before, um, I think sci-fi offers, because it's got all the cool stuff and the exploding space worms and all that sort of stuff, it offers an opportunity to teach younger people, particularly young boys who respond well to that sort of stuff, some actual lessons. Right. Uh, Star Wars in particular... Even though you may not know what's going on, it may be sudden, but when you get the call, you are able to stand up um, and to fight for mm. what is right. And the ordinary guy actually matters. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The fight The fight is all the way to the ordinary guy, and that matters. I think as well that, I mean, we know now that Luke wasn't the ordinary guy. Yeah, Luke didn't know destiny. that. Yeah. yeah Luke, right. Luke had no idea. As far as Luke was concerned, he was an ordinary guy being called to do something <laughs> extraordinary. Have you seen the meme of what Luke and Leia were doing at the age of 19. No. And Leia was, you know, in the Senate and she was, you know, brokering peace deals and stuff like that. And and the picture they chose of Luke was playing with a little small toy yeah. in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, was it, shooting womp rats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whining to his uncle. Uh, the um, But in terms of actual, firstly, I would say other people watch it and it's something to talk about. It gives you a, it's kind of like, if I used, I used to talk about books, you know, if I'd read Hornblower or read C.S. Lewis or read, sorry? Nerd. (laughs) Or Lord of the Rings. You could talk to other people about the characters and those characters actually develop moral themes. Everyone knows about the, um, uh, the theme, for example, of manhood developed between Boromir and Faramir in Lord of the Rings. And the two different, like one's really muscular, manly and forceful and yeah, we're going to win, we're going to use whatever's necessary. And the other guy gives up the chance, if you like, to get this mm. powerful weapon because it's the right thing to do and he shows himself to be a greater man in doing so. There's a kind of a, a beautiful sim- symbolism there and it, it comes out in the story better than if you just told, because yeah. we respond to stories. And that reflects in, I mean, we respond to the stories and I think when it comes to television and, and, and movies, they are a contemporary style of storytelling. And people have always loved uh, storytelling and even fiction because of the fact that we gain life experience through uh, witnessing the characters and the choices they make. And when talking about masculinity and manhood and just decent human being, you see the beginning of the first episode, Mandalorian shows the Mandalorian, Din Jaren shows himself to be quite a capable bounty hunter and quite ruthless and deadly. Mm. And you see from the moment that he meets Baby Yoda, this transformation in him that later grows to a protectiveness and I would say a genuine love mm. for for this other person. Yeah. And I think that's what we link we attach to is the concept of you could almost say salvation of the yeah. changing power of love. Of, I, I think it does demonstrate really well the transition that men will have to go through at some point yeah. in their lives from yeah. single, carefree to protector, provider. Yeah, yeah I would say it goes sacrifices. further than protector, though. He starts just as a protector mm. and he goes looking for safety, but then it develops into he wants Yoda to flourish into mm. who he's supposed to be. That's right. yes. And so he goes seeking a way, and that may be involves him stepping out of the picture. Yeah. And it's a really important stage mm. that he goes through. I think it's actually a really good sort of um, analogy for parenthood, in fact, right. because he starts out as this very helpless. It's everything has to he has to handle everything he has to protect, and then it develops into a much more different relationship as he mm. goes, and he eventually has to think about letting go, which is pretty cool. 
we're getting towards the end of this. So what about, um, so firstly, we're all watching the next series, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, undecided. 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 Look, oh my goodness! I, I, I definitely want to say yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, there's there's been a, one or two things going on behind the scenes, as usual in Hollywood. There's sort of controversy between actors and things, but we're not going to go into that because, no. frankly, if we went into the moral lives of every single actor that did every <laughs> single show, we would never watch a show. That's so, right. uh, in terms of uh, the show itself and all sci-fi. I would say that there's there's probably some value in these things. Sci-fi gives you the opportunity, just like fantasy and other things, even other kinds of fiction, to explore themes which are important. And we are we do respond to storytelling as a human race. We we tend to respond much more to stories, which is why the lives of the saints, for example, are such powerful things. Well, I mean, even Christ taught with parables. Yeah, with stories. Hmm. Yeah, and they were they had fantastic sort of unlikely circumstances mm. in them. In fact, there's a number of books in the Bible that use hyperbole to make their point about a particular thing. Um, but sci-fi can explore things that we can't in normal life because, for example, you know, the whole, uh, we've talked before about Star Trek and the, you know, the zap me here, zap me there. You can create two of someone accidentally with the transporter goes malfunctioning, all these sort of things. But it basically creates what philosophers love, thought experiments. What yeah. if this? Yeah. And you can you can just say well magic or, or sci-fi, uh, and it it helps us to think through things. And I've often found that people who are into these thinking shows tend to be better thinkers, whereas the whiz bang pop pop sort of stuff is. Yeah, I, I like that like that point you just made the the what if that was one of the best mm. as a um a, a writing hopeful one of the best uh, games I guess you'd call it, we'd play in a writing room was what if, where it was just, it would go around and you say, well, what if this? And then someone would add on and what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? You yeah. get the best stories, the best. Uh, it, it's one of the reasons why I really enjoy Star Trek is because the, the, the premise of the whole thing is that we as humanity have done away with poverty, we've found peace, and it's kind of this idyllic society. So you society. like that bit? But it's, it's, it comes down to, if that's the case, what does it look like? Is there any drama left? Yeah, mm. is, and and that's and I like as a as someone who studied philosophy that um, I like that exper experiment that that adventure of what does that mean when A B C D happens? I think Stargate did that really, really well. I love Stargate. Too, the, the what if? Whereas literally, we're going to walk through this gate. What happens? You know, what, <laughs> what, you know, what if? What if these guys are where we were a thousand years yeah, ago? What right. if they're a thousand years ahead? What? Who knows what's going to happen? Mm. Every episode's different. Right. We're just going to walk through and find out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's right. So, well then, what sci-fi series are worth watching? If someone enjoyed The Mandalorian or wanted to get started in something, what other things are out there? I think we were talking just before this show come on with someone else about Fringe, which is a, a much more an adult show, but it's very much an exploration of the kind of sci-fi. It's very much a parallel kind of universe to us. Um, what if this happened? Just this slight change, which changes everything. Mm. Um, but... What about what are some other shows that you would say? I was going to raise Stargate, to be honest. <laughs> I think Stargate is is all right. We've had enough advertising for Stargate. Yeah, it gets a bit old at times, but yeah. Stargate can be quite interesting. Right. Um, I would say to oh, maybe something like Westworld, a bit more adult, but oh, yeah. offers a an interesting what if Very scenario. Adult. Yeah. Um, Box, you be, this is more your area than mine. <laughs> I've I've found, I mean, I'm still catching up on heaps of series. People just tend to tell me what to watch and I right. binge watch them. But 
I've I've had my eye more on on movies now that are coming up, like Raised by Wolves and things like that, okay. and what kind of things they're trying to tell us. You know, I haven't watched it yet. So, mm. um, well, actually, speaking of movies coming up, um, some people will cringe when I say this, but I've been preparing for Godzilla versus Kong oh. by rewatching, <laughs> and as the subtle philosophy of as it. ridiculous <laughs> as they are, I do like the 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 question. Well, what if they what if that's For a, a second, classic world, what if? Isn't what if it? there's something bigger than us? Yes. What if yes. we're not at the top like <laughs> we thought we were? We're not the apex. Yeah, but um, Godzilla vs Kong is literally someone going, "What if? Yeah, God, what if? Fight what Godzilla? if we had a radioactive lizard and a monkey?" <laughs> <laughs> well, then again, there was a what if there was a Sharknado, right? So, <laughs> oh dear. What if there was a Sharknado two and three and <laughs> yeah. four bucks? Yeah. So, Obviously, someone likes it. I would say the Expanse series is a, is one for me. It, it is actually very gritty and probably adult again, but it's very gritty and it's very much along the lines of, um, I think, a bit more realistic. I mean, the Star yeah. Trek thing is too too sort of clean, I think. Everything, oh, we're all, we all get along. We're all the same government, everything. It expanses this mess of politics in space and then something huge comes in and interrupts it and then they're just completely a mess still. And they're more interested in the fight that they're having with each other than this earth-shattering, universe-changing events that's happening on the side. Well, I mean, I would I would argue on the side of Star Trek, just <laughs> just for the point that the premise is that there is peace, but it, it does illustrate that conflict still exists. I exists like, though, in the, the a, new movies for Star Trek, in mm. the third one, they have a story about the, the sort of that forgotten yeah. crew. Yeah. And so it's sort of like, yes, everything's perfect, but... Who have we forgotten? Like who yeah. who's being overlooked because we're yeah. all so happy? Who did we use to get where we are? Yes, we exactly. And look, even even within the uh, the federation, there are still people who are you know climbing ladders, and still people who want to put things up. in a, in a world that's hypersensitive mm. to oh, you can't talk about the Nazis, oh. you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that war, you can't talk about that one. It's hypersensitive about racism and everything. Sci-fi almost provides us with a kind of a, a free reign mm. that you can create a world that maybe doesn't offend everybody yeah. and that you've just got a whole bunch of different people and you can talk about racism without actually dealing with any races. Right. You can talk about different prejudices and things without that. And you can talk about heroes outside of the context of you know mm. trying to advocate for a current political reality. I think that's its value. And I think that not just its only value, but it's one of its key values. And also that... Frankly, being entertained while we're being developed as a human being is not a bad exchange, I think. That's probably it for this week's podcast. If today's discussion got you thinking or arguing or you think we should be watching maybe Jane Austen or something else, um, I'm quite happy with that, but Ben's out for that um, one. No, no, He's out. We might get Ben back for that one. Don't, yeah, don't feel the need to invite me for that podcast. <laughs> you can, you can, you can, you can get continue you a new the discussion <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or Discord. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to This Catholic Life.